SMQBs. This is episode 126. Hope from Dallas. Give me your number to start the week. Two. That's the number of goals that the great one, Messi, had last night to break Dallas, FC Dallas's heart. Uh, they were up four to two and 15 minutes left. Thought it was over, and Messi came back with one of his more amazing goals you'll ever see. Uh, so, two. Two. All right. Milk down in Tampa. What do you got for us? Seven. That's how many interceptions Baker Mayfield has thrown. And I'm going to keep you guys <laughs> that covered throughout, throughout the inter- – I'm going to keep everyone going through the last entire week wasn't season. It, it was six. It was only four. So, we're oh. out. we've got another three over the weekend. That's good. Excellent. Excellent. Unbelievable. Three, three in one week? That's not bad. It's good work. No, like Rooster, in one practice. <laughs> Rooster, give us some Richmond numbers. What do you got? It's not zero. bad for Dak. Zero? My number is zero, being the number of sturdy punches the glass jaw of Mr. Anderson can take. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go uh, up, uh, up to Philly and House. What do you have? 25. And four, happy 25th birthday to this year's MVP, Jalen Hurts. And will this year be the fourth consecutive title for Manchester City? Sorry. Mm. All right, I got a couple. My my numbers are 28, 9, 2, and 3. This is a lottery pick? You're playing, yeah. 28th round draft pick. Oh, God. David oh, Schneider, really? <laughs> who has had nine hits and two home runs in his first three games for the Blue Jays. That, that's for mouse. you, Miller. Moose Jaw, that one's for you. Yeah. Again, that's I, a 28th round draft pick having nine hits and two homers in his first three games. That's pretty impressive. First time that's ever happened. It's impressive. It is All impressive. Right. So, look, guys, before we jump into this week, and everything going on in college sports. We do have to settle something. And and Cousin Justin, you should be happy that this is com- coming up now because he was very concerned when it happened about a potential punchable face this week. But the question is, when there's a perfect game going on, we're going back to our superstitions. Rooster, I'll mute you for this segment. You could you could take a nap so that you don't well, have now to. Now that I found my new powers, I may be changing my oh. <laughs> you know, if there's a perfect game going on, do you say like what is too much? Like if you say we know you don't say, hey, you know there's a perfect game. But if you say, hey, you should open your app up and look at the zeros in this game so far, don't you think that's just as as much of a jinx as saying, you know, there's a perfect game going on? Of course. Of course, right? When you bring attention to it, you're falling in the baseball. All it takes is the attention. What what inning? What inning did this happen? Sixth inning of a perfect game. That's just sixth inning. Way too soon. Too soon. Way too soon. So you don't think there's a jinx then? Oh no, he totally fucked it by doing it that early. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You if there's a perfect game going on. 
you send a text to your buddies, maybe in the top of the in the ninth inning, and you say, "Hey, you may want to turn on the TV." Exactly. That's how something you do it. like that. That's, that's right. And even that, you don't say why. I would turn it on. Don't tell them why. Right. That's it. Yeah, we've so. we've done that That's before. Like, I mean, what the hell? Like TNT now, you know, without saying what it is. I think that's yeah. just just yeah gives people the opportunity to watch something historic. There's like yeah. few rings left in the game. You, be very careful with your steps this week, cousin Justin. Oh, Justin. Jeez. All right. Um, I don't know, guys. <laughs> What the fuck is happening in college sports? <laughs> I mean, what happened over the weekend? Money, money, money. 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 Well, what's the latest? So we've got Oregon and Washington to the Big Ten. We've got Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Utah. joining 12. Colorado in the Big 12. We've got such natural we've got, bits. We've got uh, the remaining. Conference being the Pac-4, we have Florida State threatening to leave the ACC. Texas and, and Oklahoma the, are already leaked, joining the they've SEC. Already gone. Now, the latest news is that the ACC is on the phone with Cal and Stanford to talk about them joining the Atlantic, oh Atlantic Coast, Coast. Conference uh, for the big FSU-Stanford rivalry. The Pac-4 Pac was having calls today with potential teams from the Mountain West and the AAC and the AAC said, well, actually, we're going to decide whether we're going to admit the Pac-4 teams into the AAC. I think no matter what, the, the Pac whatever is over. The yeah. Pac-4? The Pac-4? Well, you've got Cal, Oregon State, Stanford, and Washington State left. Right. And it's no coincidence that those four teams are the remaining ones. Because... Other than Stanford, maybe. I mean, what, who wants them? Washington was a founding member of of the Pac-12 in 1916. The you fans have been the well back then. The fans have been used to this geographic correctness all these years for over a century, and the fans are getting fucked because of money. That's all it is. Who wants to watch Florida State play Cal or State? You're not excited for the Arizona Central Florida game? No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't it doesn't resemble like Alabama Auburn or OSU Michigan, but there are some great rivalry games in the Pac-12. Um and the fans are getting screwed. I mean, the regional rivalries are over. They're over. But, ever, yeah, but everywhere. The, the Civil War. Everywhere. I know, but Oregon I mean, look what Oregon happened State. to the Big East. Ba college basketball was destroyed years ago when they messed up the Big East and the ACC. I don't want to see Maryland playing anywhere other than in the ACC, and I don't want to see Syracuse, Syracuse in the ACC. It's crazy. Yeah. So was that the original sin? I think so. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. One of the original sins, uh, and this, I may get this wrong, but at one point when they were setting up the Big East, year, I mean, decades ago, they thought about inviting Penn State. And they may have gone so far as to invite Penn State, but they couldn't get Joe Paterno on board. And it didn't happen. 
And a lot of people think that decision right there, if you go back to that decision in Penn State not joining the Big East, that's the one that eventually led to all these things happening decades later because of the way the the, the whole thing, the whole, I don't know. I mean, it, it's so many moving parts, but I've read a num- number of reports that talk about that decision in the in the late 70s. As but what the Big East never here. Big East never had a college football. That's offer, right, because like when the they Big were Ten. setting because when they were setting it up, Penn State didn't come. And if the they irony, had, they, they might have. The irony to me on this is that I think what killed the Pac-12 is that the deal they they needed a TV deal, and the deal that you know Apple is now on a spending spree to try to swallow up sports. And sports content programming, and they were going to take the Pac-12 under their Apple umbrella, and the deal they offered per school was really, really low. And once yep. the school, once the schools found out how much they were going to get paid by Apple, they were just like, "We're out of here." And you would think that you know, Apple being out in the Pacific Northwest, it, it, you know, in Washington, in in California, that they would have been ready to spend a lot of money, but apparently it just isn't a money maker. And that, that to me is one of the ironies. Apple's got all the money in the world and it, it wasn't, it wasn't a big enough draw for them to dangle it to the teams. Let let me, let me ask a question though. I mean, this is all happening because of football, of course. Yes. And there are so many other college sports. I mean, even, even if you want to siphon off men's basketball for a second, because those are the two revenue generating sports. Why did all the teams, why did this have to result in the leagues falling apart? Why not just generally recreate college football and even college basketball if you have to? Why not just recreate the NCAA conferences for football? And leave the Pac-12 for every other sport minus football. Leave the Big Ten for every other sport. I mean, why did they have to go this route? Is treat, is it treat them all like Notre Dame? Well, Notre right. Dame's independent. Notre Dame's not loose, independent. For they have a loose affiliation sports. with the ACC. Yeah, because yeah, and they did with the Big so, East. The issue here is that so football funds everything, right? It's right. a trickle down for football. So yeah. there is no funding for Stanford's sailing team generally without the, I don't know how many millions they were getting. I think they were getting 30 million a year. Yeah. Through from, the pack, through the pack, through, through the pack 12, which by the way, this is a huge problem for schools like Washington state who are now fucked, right? Yeah. Their They're budget's going to have to gone. But all of these other sports, because I can guarantee you the Mountain West Conference is not going to give them $30 million a year. It's not even going to be close. Nope. That's what I'm saying is, is, you know, you could still have the money for football that funds your programs, but why not just set up, you know, the football divisions across the country and there's just one big college football conference? I mean, I, I, I know the answer to all this. So you're making it like money. the NFL now with regional well, is regional it, uh, Isn't it already like standings? the NFL? I mean, how's it different than the NFL at this point? Well, I think the, but the problem, the problem's TV. The problem is all these, that's who screwed everybody here. 
it's not, I was like mad at all these schools for jumping. I'm like, they have no choice. All the big 12, the big 10 network, big 12, Fox, ESPN, Apple coming in with some low ball offer. Like if you want to maintain and, and to their credit, like a lot of them, they're probably sitting there going, shit, if we want to continue to have these other sports, if we want to continue to have sailing and soccer and women's sports and all of these things, like we have to jump now. We have no choice. So you're sitting, you're we can't be left behind. We cannot be left behind. So we have to go, or we're going to be Washington state sitting around going like, Oh shit, nobody wants us. And we have to go to the mountain West conference. Well, of course it, it, it is all money, but it also comes back to the, the, the school's arms races on things like, you know, I mean, we really shouldn't have coaches being the highest paid state employee anywhere over over presidents of universities, over governors. I mean, that, that shouldn't happen. We also shouldn't have public universities that are building athletic facilities, you know, that are, are literally designed just to recruit. Right. I mean, the, the Alabama football programs facilities are designed to make sure that players don't go to Georgia and vice versa. And that's the arms race that we're in. I mean, it, th- to me, this is a situation of pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered, and this is going to end really badly soon. Well, yeah. you know, I, w- I want to flip back over to the fan side and how we lose out of this, particularly when it comes to playoff time for football and basketball, I, I don't know when you're down to three conferences I, for now, we've got the big 10, the sec, big 12, who knows what will happen to the ACC and the PAC 12, but you've got three conferences surviving. So what are the conference championships going to mean anymore when you have got tiny little conferences left? If any, what, what's going to happen in, in college basketball, what's going to happen to the, 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 the March madness, uh, to the to the bid process. What's going to happen to the college football playoff and that bid process and that that playoff process? I, I think it's going to be unrecognizable. And the weird thing is that's where the money is made. The, 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 they bank on college basketball. CBS banks on the tournament, uh, and of course the 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 networks bank on the college football playoff. I mean, there's huge, huge money made there and they're cannibalizing themselves over money and the fans get screwed. Does anybody have any thought as to what's happening with the, with all these playoffs and tournaments now? Well, I think the fans wanted a 12 team playoff. They're, are they looking, are they going to get that for, for NCAA football? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's coming done, into right? place next year after 24. So that's what that that's what the market wanted. They they wanted a twelve team playoff. Now you know these super conferences that are that are being created are allowing for teams with one two you know losses to be included in this. And the the automatic bid that was going to go to the Pac twelve uh, is obviously in jeopardy. Um, but uh, other than other than losing the uh, the conference. Um, games that everybody looks forward to the big rivalry games like Oregon, Oregon state and uh, up there, uh, you know, the fans, although it's interesting, I saw a poll that said 75% of, of whatever fan group this was wanted to go back to the way it was in 2007 versus what it may look like in 2027. But, but the fans demand, 
a, a competitive playoff with more than four teams, they're going to get that. Now, what does it look like during the regular season is going to look different. Hope part of what sets up the playoff right now is the power five. Right. There are not going to be five conferences anymore. I mean, the a- ACC is in real jeopardy right. and the Pac-12. So what does the playoff look like? Yeah, I don't if I, we can mark this because I may be wrong, but I don't think the ACC is in jeopardy. They have a league of uh, a grant of rights through 1936 through uh, 2036. Uh, it's that's airtight because Florida states had lawyers look at it. Virginia has Carolina has uh, nobody's going anywhere without a penalty, uh, you know, like a hundred million dollar penalty. So do I see, do I see the ACC? (laughs) Yeah. Do I see the ACC potentially swallowing a a Cal and Stanford? Uh, You know, I don't know. I mean, do they align more with Virginia and, Duke and some of the other schools in the ACC, sure. Um, but you know that's a that's a weird dynamic to have that them in the ACC. Um, but even if Florida State got poached and paid the hundred million dollar exit fee and went to the SEC, I don't think that's the end of the ACC. It's just not because where where else? I mean, the the Big, Big Ten loss. has eighteen. The big the Big Ten has eighteen teams. The I mean, the SEC, SEC has 16 teams when you include Texas and Oklahoma next year. Um, the ACC has 16 teams. Uh, I mean, are we going to have three 20 team conferences? And I mean, I guess you might, but I just don't I don't think the ACC is going to go anywhere and they're going to continue to be a power five conference. Pac-12, well, obviously, probably not. Listen, remember, it was. Uh, you know, the big 10 and it was the pac 10, you know, these teams, they're, they don't care what the titles are of these conferences. They're happy to expand as much as the money will allow it. I think, right. Yeah. You know, if you have a college football playoff and it's 12 teams and we're down to three conferences, maybe four conferences. So what are you going to have four teams from the sec and four teams from the big 10? Like, okay. Like what, what's, what's in it for the fan? I mean, there's still the big 12 though. And you have the okay. at large, you have the at larges from uh, potentially, you know, the AAC, the Midwest, or whatever. Are um, they going to keep these, those in but play? These schools, how could they compete? Nobody's yeah. going to want to go to these schools to play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tulane, just by for instance, an AAC school. I think I can't keep track anymore. It is, but, but the top of it. How, yeah. how do they? <laughs> the top of it. How do they build the facility to compete? I'm sorry. I'm going to get on my soapbox for a minute here. Uh oh. This this Boston is in college once again, Great. once again, and maybe this is you know naive, but this is there's no people with spines, morals, or ethics in the room. They're just chasing the money. And aside from the fact that these aren't the Saudis who are chopping up Jamal Khashoggi <laughs> and, and and literally who are murderous, murderous, horrible people. This is the same money grab that we saw with the live players and that we bemoaned for weeks on this podcast. This is the same kind of money grab. If there had been somebody with a little courage, somebody with a little integrity and anybody willing to follow and just sit back and think about what are they trying to accomplish? This could have been done in a way that maximized dollars but didn't destroy these conferences. 
But instead, all these athletic directors and university presidents freak the fuck out and think, am I going to lose a space if I take one more day to think about this? Am I going to lose a space in the SEC or the big 92 or whatever we're calling it now (laughs) to my competitor down the road? And everybody just jumped at the money and jumped at the money. And guess who's going to win this? Who wins out on all this? Not the schools and certainly not the fans, the TV people, the shareholders. And by the way, that's probably there's probably private equity in there that is going to make all the money. So once again, the top 1% of this country are going to really benefit from this and everyone else gets screwed. And it's all because there's no courage, no spine when somebody dangles a pot of money in front of them. Well, what's the solution though? What, like, like who, uh, suppose somebody did have the spine to stand up to this, who, who could have affected change, like the heads of each, each of the conferences, what are they going to ask for? Like revenue sharing, like you see in major league baseball. Well, there, there could have been, again, I, I don't think you had to destroy these conferences just to maximize football revenue. You know, you could have separated out schools for football and let the Pac-12 exist for every other sport. And and yeah, they, they still have to share in their, you know, the football revenue still goes back to the, to the uh, conference. But why did they have to do, I mean, most of these sports, kids still go to these schools because they want to beat, you know, Oregon State if they're at Oregon. That's what they grow up on most of the sports. Not, you know, not, not very few of them. We've seen the commercials, this freaking NCAA, perhaps one of the most hypocritical organizations we've ever seen, runs the ads out there, right? Like 97% of, of student athletes are going pro in something other than sports. We've all seen those ads out there. Yep. And, and, and so these kids are playing, most of them for the competition, for the love of the game, and, and for the rivalries. And we've just destroyed those. The eight, but the ads are going to say no. We're helping these other sports. We're helping you know the the sports that don't bring in revenue. We're keeping those going now. Look at look what we just did. I mean, you're talking about. I mean, look, what was the deal last year with the Big Ten that they made with Fox and NBC and CBS was seven billion. Crazy, yeah, it was crazy. Disney a couple years earlier with the SEC was three billion. I mean, you're talking, how, but you could, how do you, you could do that with football only, right? That's what it is. Are those contracts for all sports, or are they for football? I don't I think know. It's for I don't all know sports. Yeah. No, I'm assuming. Yeah. I mean, it, it goes into everything. But you're right. I, I, I mean, I, it, it. There's such a, you're. I don't. It's like. It's like buying a house. Like, you, oh shit, what do we? We got to get an offer in, or someone else is going to take it. Like, right? Like you, you, you. If you don't go now, what could happen is you are Washington State, and you're looking around right now, going, "What the hell are we going to do?" I think in the Where end, the, the the really shitty thing for the fan is like they're they're as powerless as ever. It's kind of just at this point, like, tell me what channel i can find it on and who's actually playing i can't track this anymore there are no there are no regional rivalries most of them are going to be gone it's just kind of you know go ahead use me as a fan i'll show up and watch and they're gonna 
and yeah, so, and then and the networks know it, and so nothing's going to change. Milk, I mean, you're you're a Florida guy, you're a Florida fan. Hope you've got many loyalties, but one of which is Alabama football. I mean, you guys are probably the two biggest college football diehards for your teams here. Are you guys happy we're, about we're this? We're safe, man. We're safe. The SEC yeah. safe. But you so are, you're, happy, you are you're happy about this, Pope? I'm not sure I'm happy about seeing the Pac-12 demise, but I am happy about having Texas know you and the SEC. I think the SEC is going to be phenomenal football to watch in the next however many years that this all works. And, no. but, but I'm a limited number of fans in the country, you know, but the, the, the fan bases of the big power schools that are counting on competing or being in the playoff every year, this is, this is all good. And it's going to, you know, every game, you don't have to win every game. You know, you have to win the right games, but you don't have to win every game to get in a 12 team playoff. Ace, I am pissed off. I rely on the Pac-12 to bail me out of my gambling debts every Saturday. Late night. 11 o'clock games. Down a lot. Those are over now. They're going to be playing on the East Coast. I mean, you know, God, didn't you grow up loving the Rose Bowl and loving to see USC playing Oregon? Those days have been over for a while. I mean, God, it's just a sad sad day in sports. I just wonder, like, is anybody happy about this? Oh, I, 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 I don't like the pack. I don't like the fact. I don't like Arizona and Central Florida being in the same conference. That's just gross. Or Arizona not be in- and 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 West Virginia. You heard with Arizona uh, ads I mean, like, I'm not going to be going to Morgantown. <laughs> I mean, you can. Is that, what, is that like, what the Arizona ad said? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Maybe in the end we just sound like a bunch of cranky old men. I mean, yep, there were probably yeah. there was there was probably some people sitting around a bar complaining about how they're gonna get rid of the AFL, how they were gonna get rid of the ABA, how they're ch- changing all the different uh divisions in hockey, how they're changing the teams and eliminating the old rivalries rivalries that used to happen in baseball. Too many I mean, wild it, cards. It is part of sports. It's still hard for me to see. I mean, the Houston Astros, one of the most classic uh, championship series of all time, the NL championship, was the Phillies Astros in 1980. It's it's still hard for me to understand the Astros are, you know, in the American League. You know, I guess sports evolve. That's another side of the coin. But I, I kind nostal- of, but nostalgia is a huge part of sports, sports. fandom. It just is. And that is being eviscerated. Right now. I, I I know everybody out there has has thoughts on this. I know you do. There's we, we have enough college football and and just college hoops fans in general. I, I'm really curious to to hear everybody's thoughts on this. I hope people will, will shoot us emails and messages and post on Facebook because I and particularly if you think this is great for college sports. Uh, and and again, I I appreciate that this may save you know the badminton team at. Um, at, at Stanford, but you know, I, I get that, but I, I don't know. I'm just curious to hear what, what's the, uh, what's the good side of all this? Cause it just seems like another, the almighty dollar wins and, and everybody else gets screwed to me. Yep. All right. Anything else on, on that? Well, negative. House. I, mean, I, I think next week we'll have a different playing field for the all the conferences. True. It's true. Yeah. 
All right. Well, there'll be more to talk about on this on this topic for sure. So, um, I guess it, I guess one thing is it'll make some of these rivalry games this year exciting, right? Because they might be the last ones for a while. Yep. So, how's, yeah. And, and um, the Pac-12 has great quarterbacks this year. So, yeah, it's true. Enjoy it while you can. All right. Let's. Um, in the uh, house, what did you say? This is if, if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it. Does it make a noise segment? Well, I'm going to say <laughs> that in when we get up to episode like 252, there's going to be an increased level of interest in the Premier League. I do think the interest in Premier League in the United States is changing. Speaking of TV, NBC has a huge contract. Peacock has a huge contract. I think the numbers were up significantly last year. And uh, soccer is watched everywhere all over the world, probably the least amount maybe in the U.S., but that's changing. And so because we do have some soccer fans out there and because they're clamoring to know our wrong predictions, let me just give you a little bit of a skinny as to what's happening because the Premier League season begins this week. And as I said at the top with the number, we kind of have a real major sports dynasty in the world in the making going on right now in Man City. And there really don't seem to be any signs of that slowing down. They've won three in a row. There's only in the last six years been only one team other than Man City that's won a Premier League championship, and that's been Liverpool. And oh, in the last how many years would you say? In the last six, six years. Six years. Yeah. There's only been one other team other than Man City, and that was Liverpool. And Man City has, I think, what you know, whatever you want to say about Messi and Ronaldo and Mbappe, what Erling Holland did last year for Man City was like cray cray. I mean, the number of goals, he's unstoppable when he decides to turn it on. And they still they still have Holland and they still have the best midfielder, I think, in the world and Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, and they've added one of the best uh, defenders uh, in the world in Gavardial. Uh, and they didn't lose that much in the transfer window. So anyway, important, and- importantly, Holland is younger than the other superstars you mentioned, except for Mbappe. Right. So, you know, we're off. We're off to a new season. And interestingly, you know, what one of the fun things about Premier League is, of course, what matters is who wins the championship. But what's cool about Premier League is the top four matters, the top six matters. Because if you make it into the top four, you enter into the Champions League competition. If you make it into five and six, you make it in the Europa League competition. So, you know, there is a pretty sweet consolation prize, even when you don't win the championship in Premier League. So the question really is, who fills out two through four this year? And last year, you may remember, Arsenal really pushed Man City. In fact, they were in the lead for a while and then kind of sputtered out and lost by five points. But, you know, Arsenal got the the, the big offseason prize. There is another kind of De Bruyne in the making, a superstar uh, midfielder that was on West Ham last year named Declan Rice. And Arsenal paid over 100 million euros to land Declan Rice uh, to an already pretty talented team. And so will Arsenal and their hotshot young manager, Michael Arteta, push them? They also picked up 
uh, Kai Havertz from Chelsea, a very good defender from Ajax named Urian Timber, and they still have a, a terrific captain in Martin Odegaard. So Arsenal is going to be, I think, a lock for the top four. I still think Liverpool um, have plenty of uh, engine to take Jurgen Klopp's team uh, into the Champions League. I don't think they've got enough to push Man City, uh, but you know, as long as Mo Salah's on your team, you're, you're in pretty good shape, and they've got a lot of they've got a lot of firepower besides that. And then it kind of comes down to. Who takes that fourth spot? Last year, one of the ones that jumped back into their usual spot of the top four was Manchester United. And a lot of the story this year will be the comparisons between another Holland, although it's really pronounced Hoyland. There's a guy named Rasmus Hoyland. He's a 20-year-old striker from the a team called Adelana who – uh, man, you paid a lot to get him. And so you're going to hear a lot of attention. He's the replacement for Ronaldo at striker at Man U. Rasmus Hoyland, keep an eye on that name. They also signed one of the best keepers in the world named Onana from Inter Milan. So, man, you made some moves. But uh, Chelsea, Newcastle, Brighton, Tottenham, Aston Villa – are all going to push also for that top four spot. One of the stories this year is that there's some new managers. Chelsea has uh, a new manager, Mauricio Pochettino, who used to be the manager of Tottenham. Tottenham. Yeah, never, never won any hardware, but... Um, took him to the Champions League final against took, Liverpool. Yes. I mean, he's definitely an accomplished manager. So let's see. And Chelsea has completely retooled their team. They had 13... Uh, players leave in the transfer window, and they brought in several impressive uh, new players that should give that team a, a, a push that they needed. Look and out Pulisic, for Pulisic's gone from Chelsea. Pulisic is gone um, to Syria and Inter Milan, but look for Nicholas Jackson, the new forward on Chelsea from Villarreal. Um, and then you've got the new manager at um, Tottenham, Ange Postacoglu who has won two titles in the Scottish Premier League for Celtic, but he's never managed in one of the top five leagues in the world. And so the big question is, is he over his skis on this one? Uh, so there will be a lot of attention there. But I think for the Cinderella story, what a lot of people are going to be looking at is what's behind me is the – Luton Town team at Kenilworth Road. And um, it's basically in the middle of a tiny village. And on one of the sides, you you basically walk through some houses on the street to even get in to the stadium. This stadium is so small that the requirements for Premier League, they're not even ready to host a home match until September. So they actually have to play on on the road, but but Luton Town is going to be a great story. I think if you're a, if you're a Premier League fan and you're living over in England, the road trip for sure is to go see your team play at Luton Town. And so Luton Town, uh, Luton Town, and Sheffield United and Bournemouth, those are the ones that are probably of greatest threat to go into relegation. Because remember, in Premier League, three teams go down. But I think this year there's a lot of parity. 
uh, Wolverhampton, Burnley, Nottingham Forest, Everton, they're all at risk of going down. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, just so our listeners know, we have a little thing on the SMQBs. Bison has Liverpool and Rooster has Man City and Pope has Tottenham and I have Manchester United and Milk has Chelsea, although he often forgets that from week to week. <laughs> and so 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 we'll we'll keep you posted on how our teams are doing. It's uh, once again, can someone knock Rooster out from his perch? Rooster's right. already spending his money. I, I have changed my team. So yes. Give you, give you my Venmo address right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a couple questions I want to ask. Um, okay. First of all, house, I'm going to, I want to go back to some basics for the people who, who, you know, maybe want to get interested in this and are trying to get on board. You know, the, the messy madness in the U S has stirred up people. All right. How many matches are there? And was it right to say matches? There's 38 matches in the season amongst 20 teams that are in the Premier League. There's uh, three points for a win. There's one point for a draw and zero points for a loss. And last year, 89 points won the Premier League for for Man City. How many teams make the playoffs? And so there is no playoff, um, but there are. Trick question. Trick Uh, question. There are two in-season tournaments. one that is just within the its own 20 league team and one, 20 uh, team league and then one that's across all of the different levels of uh English soccer all five levels compete in a, a season long tournament so What's that's that why we heard so that one is the um i guess that one is the FA Cup FA and Cup the, right yeah, yeah yeah and the other one is the Carabao within the own within its own league. So last year, what was significant was except for the FA cup, which Manchester United finally got some hardware last year, uh, man city. No, no. The Carabao is what, sorry. Carabao is what, uh, man, you got last year. Man city got the treble last year. They got the FA cup. They got the champions league and they got the premier league championship. And that's the, that's the big thing. Can you pull off the, essentially the triple crown of prem? All right. So my my next question then is: the season starts Sunday or Saturday or Sunday? I think there's actually Friday. a match on Friday. Yeah. Oh, Friday. Okay. And wh- how? When does it end? So I don't know. It goes all the way last June. year. I guess it ended in May or June. Yeah. And so here's what's kind of time off. Here's what's kind of fun. One another thing that's really fun. Like I always love imagining if we did this in American sports. So the season starts this weekend, but basically there's a free agent window, which they call over there the transfer window, that remains open till September 1st. So there are going to be players that start out on a team. Like there's a very talented uh, player on Brighton named Moises Casado, who everybody's kind of trying to, to grab. He's going to start for Brighton this weekend, but by September 1st, I'm guessing you're going to see him on a different team, possibly Chelsea. So that's kind of fun. Like all of a sudden three weeks in the season, team players are to- on a totally different team. And, and, and how, so am I right that a lot of teams they'll use this transfer window to put some cash in their pockets, right? Correct. So, you know, there's one piece or not the, the trans, the transfer window is just buying and selling of a player. And then you still have to do the contract. So, you know, they Bought from West Ham, Arsenal did Declan Rice for whatever 105 million euros, and then they still had to sign him to a contract. So it's right. just so that 105 just million team. just goes to the other team. So instead of trade, 
like we're so used to trading players that that's not how it necessarily works. I mean, you you may buy a, the right to negotiate with a player, basically, right? It's it's like um, base in baseball when you buy the rights to negotiate with a Japanese player, right? Exactly. Right. But the money yeah. goes right to the team, and that may help Luton, you know, build a better stadium in the long run, which ultimately helps them become more attractive and maybe get to where they're perennially in the uh, EPL, something like that, right? Exactly. And okay. house, there was there was a big uh, transfer window, I guess, turned down today, right? Yes. Yeah, so Bayern. So uh, Harry Kane on Tottenham is something like 37 goals away from being the all time Premier League goal scorer. And a lot of people want to see him do that. None more than Tottenham. But uh, he is trying to be lured away to. Bayern Munich, who's the top of the Bundesliga, and they keep offering more and more and more to Tottenham. The latest, I think, was 110 million euro, turned and down. Tottenham still turned it down. So let's see what happens there between now and September 1st. I- I'm guessing that ultimately it's the price is going to be right, and you're going to see Harry Kane on on Bayern. I disagree. I, I think he's staying. Can I interrupt this programming to take a quick poll? I would like to know what everybody thinks about the my man Milk's new ginger beard. I think he looks like I think he looks like uh, Wentz. He looks like Carson oh Wentz. My God. Wow, Brewster. Which, uh, which what do you think? Wait, let's take a vote. Let's take a vote. Who thinks he looks like Carson Wentz? I just I wanted mean, to say thank you. I for, do. For He's that handsome. Nobody said anything, and I was waiting for it. It's because like it's it. it because you. the comment like last week when we said you couldn't grow one, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, so I'm like trying it. to grow. This is seven months in the making. <laughs> seven that's, months. Milk, that's interesting, though. You know, after your Baker Mayfield numbers there, do you think Carson Wentz is a possibility for you? Let me let me suggest that, it, you know, it could be a very valuable investment for you. It worked out great for us last season. It can't get any worse. What? By the way, there is breaking news in the Premier League. Did you guys just see this? No, Washington Tommy. State has yes. joined the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> so <Holy> good. Shit. <laughs> oh my god, that's All right. funny. All right. I guess well, Ted Lasso will be coaching them, right? Did did we let Toby talk too long about, about EPL? Is that what happened there? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, sorry. It's much All right. carried away. It's it's carried away. Analysis. All right. I mean, I felt the passion. Spot on. I didn't I changed my background for you, House. I felt your passion. I'm in with you. You'll never yeah, walk I'm alone. Back. You'll never walk alone. Buddy. Thank you. I know what that means, too. All right. Uh, unlike the EPL um, and the excitement, let's talk about two cities or two teams, one city that have nothing to cheer for dun, right dun, now. Dun, dun, Rooster. This is my favorite dun, topic dun, of the day. Dun, 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 dun. I'm sorry, Rooster. We had to Stats talk about it. Oh, no. Milk, 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 I think you have a better topic coming up, Milk. I think you have, a, you have something Listen, more I know you haters just love to hate the Yankees go ahead and hate the Mets the Mets perpetually suck every year I tell you I don't care how many multi hundred million dollar a year players the Mets get they're all they're still the Mets and they're going to suck by the end of the year and it just it happened again this year I have no I have no sympathy for the Mets the Nats are going to pass them the Nats will pass for sure which is going to be so amazing the Met, the Yankees used to know how to build a team, and 
I honestly blame Cashman. He has to go. Brian Cashman has to go. He has been ignoring the farm system. He's been picking up expensive, broken down dogs as, as free agents. And then in the past, it was the exact opposite. If you remember the last time we had the glory years, we had the basis of the team was Jeter, Mariano Rivera, Jorge Posada, and Andy Pettit, all of whom came up through the system, through the minor leagues so together, ago. together. Wow. And then we signed good free agents who were, who were at the peak of their career to help instead of broken down pieces of crap like Josh Donaldson and hanging on to Louis Severino and guys like that. Brian Cashman has just lost it. The game's passed him by. Hey, he got to go. He hasn't been the same since Steinbrenner died. Mm-mm. Yeah, Hal is no good. When was the last time the Yankees won a World Series? I think it's 09. Against, yeah, it's 09. Against the Phillies, right? It sweep. was, by the wow. way, um, was it the sweep? Cousin nine, uh, Rooster, you'll like this. Cousin could, Justin could White be 2012. 2012 is, is a Yankees fan. Yeah. And she met Justin after the last World Series win. So they're starting to have a little tension in the household. Wow. As to the superstition and if this, if this marriage is causing the Yankees. Uh, listen, cousin Justin's wife. Series. If that's true, I'd say dump him right now. <laughs> Mister, did, did the Yankees move on too fast from Gary Sanchez? Yeah, Ooh, it looks like it. Wow. Yeah, I mean, is, is that Jordan, another cash? Is that another cash? Another Cashman blame? Well, Cashman and Boone. Boone kind of gave up on him too, and yeah, and you know, got in Sanchez's head. They they. they they didn't build him up. He started to doubt himself. Couldn't hit anymore. They started messing with his catching stance, and it, like every aspect of his game went into the shitter all at once. Yeah. So, so um, if the farm system is depleted, it's not. And it's not it's, depleted. They've okay. got some really good players, and they don't call them up. Oh, I they're, see. They're just, it's time to. So, just, yeah. so do you? Do you, do you think that whether I know I know what you say about the Mets, but but one of the questions I got asked you guys on text is, do you think it should still be the strategy to just spend as much as you need to and hope that they play they work out? Like spend whatever you need for Otani, spend whatever you need for Mike Trout, spend whatever you need for this pitcher, that pitcher. Should that still be the Yankees Met strategy? Well, well, no. Um, I think what I what I'm trying to say is. The strategy needs to be to build from below with from within. And then in the right instance, for a young, healthy player at the at his peak, sometimes it makes sense to go out and get an Otani. I will tell you right now, I would not I would not go out and pay Mike Trout a ton of money if I if I'm running the Yankees because he's on the downslope. He's at the end of his career. He's starting to get injured a lot. He's not worth that kind of investment. Otani definitely is, particularly since you're getting two players for the price of one. Would you go out and spend a lot of money on someone like, I don't know, Trey Turner? Uh, not after this year. I'd have to see one more year. But I would on um, your other guy that you love who's on the Padres right now. Soto. Soto, Soto yeah. 
I mean, look out. He's what is Soto's like 23 or four years old? I think he's 25 now. Yeah, but that's still young. I mean, we're talking about the Yankees, but has has any team blown up in one season like the Mets? I I can't think of one. Well, how about the White Sox in the last two seasons? Well, I know, but the Mets are payroll. The Mets are having they're paying other teams equivalent of what the 17th payroll in the major leagues. They it's brought insane. on all these, all these nine-figure uh, free agents that they're unloading on teams and and paying for. What are they paying? Like thirty-eight million dollars or so to Astros to take Verlander back. <laughs> it's it's I absurd. mean it's insane. Their their payroll is almost three hundred million dollars more than the Rays. Listen, the disgusting. Mets, the Mets are cursed. They're cursed. There we go. Oh, there we go. look at that. Well, there, I was, there we go. I was going to say that when they had that fucking trumpeter last year, that that just kind of started the mm. whole thing. Mm. No, no, no. Was this thing started, this thing started, started in the and 1970s. And then and then Edwin Diaz, you know, with his uh, celebrating his after the World Baseball Classic, jumped right. up and down and tore his, tore his uh, knee up, whatever. I mean, yeah, that began the whole thing going down. And it's because of the fucking trumpeter. So it was re- so it was relevant. It was it was real and relevant. You believe in the curse now? Oh, For I the believe Mets. that I believe that a certain <laughs> a certain minority of people in the world, like myself, have the ability to inflict a curse on, oh. say, the oh, Tampa, wow. Bay, Tampa Bay Rays. The rest By of the you way, people who think put- that you can actually jinx a team or a player, you're high. They've only <laughs> lost once since you put the curse on them. By the way. Yeah, but you're still working. Yeah, you lost to the Tigers. (laughs) Oh, I'm freaked out. Trust me. I don't like the curse at all. You haven't asked asked me to lift it yet, though. No, I'm I'm waiting this week to see what happens. (laughs) Anything else on on Yankees, Mets? No, I don't Uh, think so. Write them off. Go Yankees. By the way, this is it, right? This week for the Yankees. If you can't sweep the White Sox, it's over. If if the Yankees oh. don't sweep the White Sox this week, then they're going to have to go to the Pack Four. <laughs> the pack the Five, the season of the Pack Four. All right, who's got a punchable face? Don't call it a comeback. Anybody? I have one. Sounds like oh, we've good. been doing a lot of punching all episode. Well, yeah. Pope, let me tell you something. There's there's really a lot of motherfuckers out there. I mean, they're just are. I'm going to punch one of your favorite players, Bison. Oh no! Oh, Who's that? Guess. Tom Wilson. No. Nope. Yes. Oh. One of my favorite players. Basketball. AI. Oh. AI. Kevin, Kevin Durant. Gilbert Arenas. Oh no! Oh, oh I don't know. Well, this. He knew. Okay. So Gilbert, you know, Gilbert Arenas generally has been pulling a Dennis Rodman and trying to become relevant again by dissing current players and his latest target is the 2023 um, FIBA World Cup men's basketball team USA men's basketball team which he was referring to the fact that they didn't have Trey Young as one of their guards and this is you know this the FIBA team is generally supposed to be for younger players to represent the USA who probably wouldn't make the Olympic team which is next year. So Trey Young could probably make the Olympic team if people liked him, but they don't. 
So we have this year as our guards, Austin Reeves, Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards, Halliburton, and Josh Hart, to whom, uh, about whom Gilbert Arenas referred to as a sorry-ass group of guards. I mean, what the fuck, Gilbert? Come on, these are good players. Jalen Brunson single-handedly brought the Knicks to the playoffs. Could be better, but this is not what FIBA is about. You don't put your superstars, veterans, on on the FIBA team. You save them for the um, Olympics. So I, I just, I'm just really tired of these broken down, irrelevant athletes trying to become relevant again by dishing on current players. Just shut the fuck up, Gilbert Arenas. Punch. I'll drink Punch. that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a Jose Ramirez to the soft, jaw. Soft right hook. Yeah. We need <laughs> to talk about that. We do need to talk about that punch. It's it's like the it's like the famous Sonny Liston uh fall down after Muhammad Ali threw him a a a a, a punch that I don't think landed. And no, everybody um Muhammad Ali was a very well-known boxer back in Rooster's Day. It, Before uh, Muhammad Ali's name, Cassius Clay. Yes, he, he, yeah, cool. it was a phantom punch that made no contact in, in like the first round, and Sonny Liston went down and didn't get back up. I guess. I mean, I guess. I think Ramirez actually made contact. Face. It looked like a slap. It looked like a milk slap to me. And he was being no, restrained. I, there was a guy holding him around his chest while he threw the punch. He couldn't have gotten much into it. And Anderson went down like a, a sack of potatoes. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I think if you drop <laughs> your gloves like a hockey player and you put your hands up the way Anderson did, you better not get dropped by a punch like that. Right. <laughs> I mean, that right. was that is that is. Not good. That's not it's, good. Tim was Anderson, Tim Anderson's ooh. form not a little like it looked like a 1920s boxer? Like he, it was well, not a boxer. Well, he 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 set up to box left-handed and then jabbed with his right hand. So you know he doesn't yeah. know what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, li- literally, he's the punchable face of the week. I mean, that that that's actually what happened. <laughs> so, yeah. You yeah. guys have heard the radio call, right? Oh, oh yes. my God! It was oh, yeah. stupendous. Oh, Tom Hamilton Anderson. Down goes Anderson. He did his he did his best Howard Cosell. Oh, I know. Down goes awesome. Frazier. Yeah. Down goes hey, Frazier. Tell Milk who Howard Cosell is. Go ahead. Oh, that's true. Milk, did you uh, not know? Cosell? Anybody? Any other punchable? What? <laughs> any other punches? Does somebody have a lasso? Barbecue sauce. <laughs> I, I do have a lasso. Okay, good. So, listen, I, I this is going to sound like Homerville, but it is a very oh, good no. story. Oh, God. It's God. another oh, Jalen Hurts story. Eagles no. and Phillies. Oh, oh, God. Eagles, Phillies, Sixers. Okay, there's one more. Actually, four more punchable faces. But now that I'm done punching you guys, you know, for all the snowballs at Santa and the D batteries at J.D. Drew and all this stuff, I, at first, I didn't understand this. I really didn't. But Trey Turner, as as Bison was saying, is struggling in ways that you can't even make sense of. He's 70 points below his career average. He's one of the 12th worst 
on base percentages in all of baseball out of 144 players. He's like 132nd. He's tied for the most errors in baseball. I mean, it's so much into his head. And some fan who I guess has a lot of social media following decided in the last road trip that when the Phillies came back this Friday, that the fans should all get behind Trey Turner and try to support this guy with the standing ovation. And beyond that, he's he Trey Turner is apparently very generous in the in the Jimmy V uh, charity and that fans should even show that they love Trey Turner by supporting this. Now, for me, I scratch my head because as it is, the guy's getting paid three hundred million dollars like like what else does he need? I think he's got enough love, but it went viral. He shows up Friday night. There's a standing ovation. They lose the game Friday. He he says Friday night, like that was one of the coolest things that's ever happened to him in sports. The next day, down, um, you know, down whatever it was, five four, uh, on Saturday, Turner comes up, hits a three run home run, and later hits a double, has four fantastic fielding plays, and today Trey Turner took out a giant billboard on the main highway going through Philadelphia that just said, thank you fans with a picture of like the standing ovation. I just think that's cool when a player connects with the city and a city who has such a bad rap actually comes out and says, why don't we try to help this guy instead of booing him and throwing batteries at him or throwing snowballs. They, who knows whether it's going to be lasting, but the city gets it that the, it, they weren't going to help him by booing him. They cheered him. One weekend of success. We'll see if it turns him turns him around. He's a good guy. I mean, Bison knows this better than anybody. He's a good guy. And I like what the city did. And I like how he responded to the city by taking out a billboard. That's lasso worthy. Do you think he paid for the billboard out of his own pocket? I do. I absolutely do. Not a sponsor, not a No way. No way. I'm gonna I look into not. it. I'm looking I, I into it. Like, I do like it. Trey Turner. Yeah, I, I do like Trey Turner and I'll get and back I, with you. I am I yeah. said to you, I thought you were getting an MVP candidate when you signed them. I'm I'm stunned. The numbers are just staggering how bad they are. Uh, and I mean, and they're getting worse. Like Ellie's the last are hot. 30 games, he's the average was 208. His last 15, he was 180. His last 70, he's 179. So it's not going the right way. Uh, but that's that is a good story. I, I could appreciate that. Um, I did just get a news alert though that unfortunately Trey Turner was jumped in the parking lot at the at the the ballpark tonight and had his start now. I'm sorry. That's funny. That's really funny. Any other lassos? Buzzer beaters? Well, I've got one kind of alludes to the uh, uh, beginning when I gave you a number. Uh, We had quite an, an event last night and, you know, House, you called it when he came over. Uh, from Europe, but Messi has had an amazing impact. Every game he's played has become like the biggest event of the year. Uh, FC Dallas, you know, they they have a hard time selling anything close to selling out their games. Uh, it was a sellout. I mean, I, I tried to get tickets and it was sold out in the first 10 minutes. StubHub was, they were in the thousands. Um, there's only 20,000 seats. I mean, it was, it was Messi mania all weekend in Dallas. Um, Beckham was in town. It's just you know, it's like a road show. I, I don't, I can't, I can't think of anything to compare it to. And then the game. I mean, those guys paid a lot of money, but the game lived up to its billing. I mean, went went to PKs. Uh, 
Dallas lost. Probably the best thing for the MLS is Dallas lost because now Miami goes on to host uh, either Houston or Charlotte winner uh, in the, the quarterfinals of the League's Cup. And, you know, every time Miami hosts a game, it ratchets up the uh, enthusiasm and more money for MLS, more attention. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was it was fascinating to see how just one event in one city can have such an impact with just one person. Nice. I have two two quick two quick buzzer beaters. I want to give a shout out and a cheer for the U.S. women's national team. They've gotten so much ugly media. This is, after all, a squad that won back to back World Cups. And boy, does America have a what have you done for me lately uh, about their national like teams that are expected to always win. You're not going to win every single major tournament in which you're one of the better teams. And they weren't one of the best teams this year. And uh, there was, there was some, there was some ugly criticism, but um, thank you for playing a great tournament and the future is still bright. The other cool story is that in the world university, before you get to the next story though, they also lost with lots of class. Yep. really dignified you know they're they're competitors they want to win they play tough but they 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 were showed a lot of class in, in the loss and what they had their comments after the loss they didn't blame anyone but themselves they basically said look you know we we dominated that game we just didn't put the ball in the back of the net and that's just soccer yeah um, before we get to the FIBA tournament, there was a World University Games, and I still don't understand how this happened. But for whatever reason, U.S. maybe because a lot of university players could actually try out for the the main team, but the Tulane University men's basketball team as a whole represented the USA in the World University Games, and uh, just. Uh, took took the bronze. They only lost one game to Brazil, but they beat Argentina yesterday to take the bronze for the USA. And um, roll wave. That was a good story too. And the other buzzer beaters. I got one. It was yeah. Hall of Fame Hall of Fame weekend. Go the for it, Ginger. Started. Uh, gotta give props to my boy Rondé Barber, one of the best yes. Bucks ever live. And, oh my uh, God! Many memorable <laughs> moments. I think we have. Wow. Clip. Don't oh my God! Look at this. Uh, it's first this... goal. That's Petjo. Oh, 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 look at that! There's me. Oh, look at those. That's, that's yeah, stupid. baby. Wow! If you listen closely, you, know, you can hear how have to cry. You can hear me crying there. University of Virginia zone. Wow. There's a look at Todd Benson right there. Oh, Donovan. Uh, poor Donovan McNabb. Oh, you want to keep rolling? Day Barber, but you don't stop. Oh, oh who's that, that guy? guy? Running on the play. You can't hear yes, him. Coach. Complete in silence in that stadium. Making wow. the interception, mm. going the lane, mm. putting the putting this ball game away. It was Monday already over. was already over. That was one of my favorites. Wow. <laughs> you really right. got to That was that was quite a setup. I Way like go, that. Milk. That's the future. You really got to dig uh, into the past now. Future <laughs> of our our show is to have more of that. All right. Any other buzzer beers? Anything got anything else? All right, guys. Have a good week.
The SMQBs are Brian Bandwagon Pope, who hails from Dallas, Texas, and has never met a first-place team that he didn't have a personal connection to. Michael Rooster Phelan, hailing from Richmond, and who roots for teams from New York, or is it Boston? I can't remember which it was. One or the other. Also, Patrick Milk Michaeler from Tampa Bay, and he is still massively in love with Tom Brady and will never get over his man crush on the GOAT. Toby House Milrod, a long-suffering sports fan, hailing from Philadelphia, whose Eagles team, mm, they're still looking for another quarterback. And I am Chris Bison Nace, hailing from Washington, District of Champions. Thanks for listening.